Hey there, this is Bird's Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Sparks. And today we're here to talk about S2E8. Save the date. Yes. This is a very somber start. Somber? Yeah, it's, like, a, it's like, uh, like, like listening to like an NPR episode. That was me being cheerful. <laughs> I'm posting this show with a grumpy cat here. No, I... If it was an NPR podcast, I'd use my NPR voice. What is your NPR voice? I'd have to work up to it. I, I can't just do it, you know, on demand. Hey, welcome back. Top of the hour. Hi there. Let's talk about, let's talk about pleasure drives. So, Marco, how did you feel about Arya in this episode? <laughs> oh, I would love <laughs> you to do the whole episode like that. I really would. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> the uh, PLL Fresh Air podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not the actor that uh, Lucy Hale or, or Ian Harding is. Uh, so today, yeah, S2E8, save the date. Uh, when last we left the liars, Spencer was in the car with Garrett Reynolds and just found out that uh, he can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. As told by Miss Arya. Mm-hmm. So, in the opening, we get a, an interesting pan like across the neighborhood. Going from what I believe is Emily's house, like looking down the street towards uh, Toby's house. Yeah, it's very weird. It's like you don't really know where you are for a moment. Mm-hmm. You think they're going to establish that we're at one of the liars' houses, but we're not. Exactly. We're in Spencer's car parked across the street from uh, Emily's house. And the other liars are there. Emily has gone inside because apparently... Uh, the people leasing her house while she's living at Hannah's, like the the alarm system keeps going off, so she keeps on having to go over and shut it off or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of a weird detail because it it um you know spoiler means nothing to the the plot of the show in general, but like no, but it sets a good tone in a way. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's just more of a thematic uh, a touch because it yeah it doesn't really impact the plot, but it is like. Just a thing that their car alarm or their their house alarm keeps going off, and so Emily keeps on having to go over there. And uh, Hannah uses this as an ex- uh, excuse to joke about how well they don't need to worry anymore because uh, Arya's brother's Mike got caught now, and he's going to be locked up until he's eighteen or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> and Arya's not happy about this. Spencer, there's some fantastic stuff of like Spencer having to correct Hannah in the way she is in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um. But so yeah, first we got we got Spencer, Hannah, and Ari in the car talking about Spencer's meeting with Officer Garrett Reynolds. And at first, Hannah is more like disgusted, like you're in the car alone with him. <laughs> well, and uh, Spencer says that her, her she's still shaking from the uh, the encounter there after she learned the truth about Garrett. Yeah, but Spencer's like Hannah. It's not like we could discuss this down at the precinct. Mm-hmm. And they're arguing over whether or not. Uh, Mike having stolen that lamp from Garrett's, which was Jenna's, like whether or not that means anything. And I think it's Spencer who says, What do you think? He bought it at the blind uh, artist no, craft no, fair. So, like, Arya's like, Why would she give him that lantern? And Hannah's like, Well, you don't know that she gave it to him. And Spencer turns around and is like, What do you think that he bought at the blind artist craft fair? Of course she gave it to him. <laughs> and Hannah suggests that maybe he, uh, maybe Garrett just brings over raw meat to feed Jenna's cat. And that's how they know each other. Yeah. Or maybe he's bringing over the raw meat to feed Jenna. Um, which, spoiler, will be true. Yeah. Um, so just then, yeah, Emily is coming out of the house to join them and talking about the alarm, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so whoever's living in that house, obviously, they're losers who can't figure out the alarm system. They've tripped it three times this week alone. And the security company keeps calling Emily's mom in Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. So as they're sitting there talking about this, just then down the street, Officer Garrett Reynolds pulls up in his car in his civilian clothes. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, like, his parents live, like, in one of these other houses. So at first they're like, well, what is he doing? And then it's like he gets out. No, oh, he's going over to Jenna's house. Mm-hmm. So the girls get out and follow him. Well, they know that Toby's not home. But he's off picking up the parents from the mm-hmm. airport. So the girls are following them, and Hannah's making a lot of noise. High heels. And, yeah, and her high heels, and they tell her to shush, and, and <laughs> Hannah says, Jenna can't hear us, she's blind. And Spencer actually just, like, stops, 
and it's like you did not just and it's like shut up you know what i mean i don't know that she does know what you mean hannah yeah hannah and spencer are fantastic in this and like when they're not doing pale out they should have their own buddy cop show they Mm -hmm. really should i really love spencer in this episode this is a this is a team sparia episode Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, it's kind of funny that it's because the first two thirds of it is a lot of pairings of like Spencer with with Hannah, mm-hmm. and then at the end, it's like Spencer and Arya. It's like she's traded up to the the primary personality. Um, yeah. So the girls go around the ha- side of the house to spy, and they look inside of one of the windows, and just then the light comes on, and there's the fucking Jenna thing, like staring out at them, C- creepily, and. I mean, like, is this, like, the side of the house? I'm just wondering, like, because, like, Jenna, like, takes, like, her, like, bathrobe off, and she's wearing that lacy black lingerie that apparently wasn't for Toby after all. Well, first, first, what, what makes it super creepy is that the light just comes on, and she's staring out the window. Like, looks like she's staring right at them. And as you know, a lot of these times, it's like, once you turn on light in the house, like, mm-hmm. all you can see is your own reflection in the window. But so she immediately, like, then takes off her glasses as she's staring out. And it's, like, for a second, you're like, holy shit, she can see. But then she takes off like her shirt. Oh, well, it's like her. a like a bathrobe or something. But I just I can only assume this is There's on like boobs. the the side of the house because yeah, it would be really weird if and you're well it'd be, it'd be weird if like facing the street like you're let's just like turn on the light here I am now I'm taking my bathrobe off but, I mean, it's showing not off even my like lingerie that, that portion of the house that's you know technically in the backyard you know what mm-hmm. I mean like yeah yeah I anybody know, but, it's still up for grabs visually. I mean, at least um, it's it's over on the side of it, but you would think Garrett would be like, hey, blind-ass chick, did you know that window, like, the drapes are not closed on that? He's like, I'm all for this banging, but, uh, yeah. So then Garrett, speaking of which, comes up behind her, and right as the girls watch, the two of them start making out. They they start Son making out the, in the way that only, like, people who are, like, evil make out. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, like, the creepy. And, yeah. Evil, passionate porno. Yeah. And the liars are all gasps and like disgusted <laughs> faces. Yeah. There's a lot of gasping. Mm-hmm. So that was our opening. And now it's time to talk about Arya. Um, not a ton of Arya stuff. Well, most of her stuff is with Spencer, so we'll probably save a lot of that for her. But yeah. At the start of the episode, uh, we see Mike. He almost gets in a fight with one of his, like, I guess, former friends at school. Like scummy dude in a Letterman jacket. I wouldn't call him scummy. Is, he's a little, he's a little cheesy, like uh, skeezy. But his name is Chaz. Well, yeah, that's a pretty scummy name. But uh, this guy's like, hey, so it was like breaking and entering a new hobby, like. But his, his tone is like kind of like, what's up? We never see you anymore. And then Mike's just so like being up? bitchy about so it. Like I don't feel like this guy was trying to start a fight. He's just trying to like you know. Have a brood out. He's, he's trying to bro down with Mike here, and, and Mike's. He's definitely douching it up though, because he's like, "What are you trying on new personalities or something?" I think that's just like that guy though. I don't think he's necessarily trying to douche it up. Yeah, I, well, I took this to mean that the guy was like actually probably had like good intentions here, and that Mike is just like you know full on. I hate everyone. Fuck the world. Maybe mode. if like your douchiest friend has good intentions, that's how it comes off. But yeah, he's not. He's not full on like. Yo, welcome to the OC or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mike is in his own little dick move. So he like pushes the guy away and they're about to get into a fight and then Ella shows up and stops the fight. Well, you know, the classic teacher move of uh, don't you both have some place to be? So Chaz bounces and Ella it's like, oh, can I speak to you for a moment to her son? And Mike's just like, <laughs> later mm-hmm. and storms off. Uh, later on, we see that Arya has returned to her pottery class. Shockingly. So there you go. See, it wasn't just for one episode, Marco. She came yeah. back. <laughs> she has to hurry up and finish her pot so we can get fired up. Um, and Ezra sneaks in for some flirting and some very bizarre, in this show, ghost references. I wouldn't call them bizarre at all knowing this show. <laughs> Well, how do you not make the, make some like sexy ghost references? If- well, like what I kept expecting was like, I was, I guess I was more surprised that Arya got the reference. I kept thinking it would be a thing where like, like Ezra like makes a reference and then Arya's just like, I'm 10 years younger than you. <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about, you know, or something like that. Because mm-hmm. Arya's Milu is, is obviously old black and white films. Everybody knows ghosts though. Like everybody knows that reference. 
I, the if audience, they don't, yes. I don't want to talk to them. You don't want to talk to Arya? Arya knows. She gets the reference. She does because she's a television show character. She gets the reference because she's Arya, but at the same time, she's not feeling it. She's just yeah. like, she's like, well, hey, he's, can we do this like later? He's doing the same. He's like kissing her neck, kissing her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this is a big move for him. This is a desperate move because he is a professor at the school. He snuck into somebody else's like classroom to pull this. But, but she's just... At the same time, though, if, if you walked in on your girlfriend doing some pottery, how do you not make that reference? I, I guess it depends on if we're in my place of business. But uh, he's trying to give her some special attention. And she's just like, yeah, can we do this later? Mm-hmm. She's pretty cold. And she she gives a little bit more info about the mic thing and how Ezra's like, well, you know, maybe which one of his friends put him up to it. You know, kids do dumb things. And she's like, no, he's done this like a bunch of times. And, and reveals that Jason had caught Mike trying to and break into like, his place. Jason? Well, and Ezra's like, like, oh, so so that's what you guys were talking about the other night? And Arya's like, yeah. Yeah, Which sure. Is, she says it like that's true, and yet she says it as though she's lying. You know? Arya, for the rest of this conversation, Arya will say everything as if she's lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's just like, oh, can we can we hang out later? Can we, can we see you? And, and Arya's like, yeah, I'll call you. Well, then, Ari, like Ezra, as if he's not picking up on the signs nearly enough, he then commits the next cardinal sin, which is he compliments some of Jenna's work. <laughs> yeah, he, he sees the, the vase or the lamp or whatever. Uh, we find out that Jenna dropped the class. As- well, what I love about that is, so Ezra asks Arya if, sh- if she and Jenna patch things up. And then Arya's like, well, she dropped the class. So we didn't get the chance. And I love that the way she... she her perspective, the way she delivers that to him. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not that we didn't really get the chance. <laughs> it's that I kept my mouth shut and she <laughs> told me some kind of deeply personal story and it felt like I took advantage of her and then she stormed out. But it was like we didn't get a chance. Basically. <laughs> so Arya says she'll, she'll call Ezra later and he's about to leave. He stops and he turns around and he says, should I be worried about Jason? And Arya's like, No. No, no, no. But then as soon as he, as he leaves, Arya's like, hmm. Hmm. Should he? Hmm. Um, I like to think that in Arya's mind, he shouldn't have been worried until exactly that moment. Exactly. Like, she hadn't thought about it until he put it in her head. Um, we're obviously going to talk about this later, but uh, just to tease the end of this episode, Arya and Spencer as candy stripers at the hospital. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, I just want to point out there's a, some uh, several scenes that happen in the hospital. Uh, they're there at one point. Arya gets off on the first floor where like the morgue is, and uh, the way Arya walks here, it's like exactly the way uh, the Joker walks in the Dark Knight when he walks out of the hospital. <laughs> like she does the same walk where she like her arms are kind of out to the side for no particular reason. It kind of was like waddle, like waddle. yeah, like she was doing like the exact same walk as the Joker in that scene, nice. and then uh, like Spencer opens the door and like pulls her inside to recruit her into her like uh, scheme of dressing up as candy stripers and breaking into the morgue. Yeah. Um. So we get a scene with Mike doing his homework in his room. Uh, Ella comes and talks to him. What's that Mike has a Stars poster on his wall. Yeah, I know. It's like chill out. Like if you're yeah. a Stars fan, why are you such a tool? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ellen wants some answers about the breaking entering and he's just kind of like, well, I don't want to talk about it. And then he, he basically tries to blame it all on her moving out. He's like, Oh, should I like schedule it with you before you move out again? Where? Yeah. It's the same stuff he pulled up Aria a few episodes ago. Get over it, dude. Like Mike is like just the poster boy for, uh, like helicopter parenting, like way too entitled, like doesn't know how to deal with adversity at all. Yeah. Um, so one last bit with Arya. I mean, most of her stuff with Spencer, so we'll, I think we'll talk about it there. But uh, towards the end of the episode, Ezra stops by the hospital. He's trying to comfort Arya. She's once again just kind of like very cold, very kind of dismissive. And then she gets a phone call, and apparently it's Jason De Laurentiis calling, mm-hmm. and she ignores it and says that it's her dad. And then Ezra's like, well, why don't you come over? And she's like, no, I have to go be with my family. And so it's uh, not great times in Team Ezria there. We're right back where we were at the start of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they had their like brief moment where uh, you know the the sun broke out through the clouds when it was raining, and she ran to him in the parking lot and all that. But since then, things haven't been great. Which one could wonder is it just me that because there's been no rain on the forecast in Rosewood? Seeming that's the only time that Arya really gets like amorous. Well, the the weather seems to mirror her emotion right now. The, I think the weather's calm, but perhaps a bit chilly. <clears throat> Yes. If the weather in Rosewood could could match Arya's moods, <laughs> that would be just perfect. Um, so then there's Hannah. Uh, we start off with uh, Hannah, Emily in Hannah's kitchen. Um, it's a very weird opening <laughs> because Hannah kind of like rushes to the fridge to get something, and you hear this kind of like labored grunting, breathing, almost mm-hmm. like somebody giving birth. They kind of pan over like the island in the kitchen, and there's Emily just like on like a mat on the floor, like working on her core, you know, doing like sit ups and crunches and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hannah offers her a, a glass of OJ for breakfast, and and Emily's like, "Oh no, not too much. Like I have to watch my sugar intake." And Hannah says, "Watch," or she says, "I have to watch my calorie intake." And Hannah says, "Watch mine, because I'm about to have a big ass bowl of cocoa puffs." Yeah. Yeah, the the two of them are still shocked about Garrett and Jenna, and that he's been buying lingerie for her. I want to point out, um, just from a frugal standpoint, makes sense. The uh, the big ass bowl of cocoa puffs Hannah says she's having, she barely pours any into her bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like she she talked a big game there, but it was like that was probably less than two ounces worth of cocoa puffs that made it into that bowl. It was a very a- very small amount. There's a very fascinating dynamic of food mm-hmm. in this family. And I think it's even more interesting, too, considering what happens at the end of this episode, but we'll get to that. Um, so Hannah's dad comes downstairs, like, hair a mess, like, fixing his shirt. He's clearly having spent the night walk-o-shaming it. That that um, hair is a, that's a JBF to you right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, awkward, and he, 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 like, kind of, like, immediately starts explaining an excuse they didn't ask for about... Yeah. How like well you know we had too much to drink last night so you know we thought your mom be best. and I stretch happy hour until mm-hmm. a whole night and she didn't want me to drive. Mm-hmm. Which on one hand like okay that's your excuse for why you guys you know you're trying to get out of your excuse for having sex but like that makes you look bad <laughs> too <laughs> to your to your teenage daughter. I mean less family. bad or more bad really? Yeah really. <laughs> the whole the, the, through this whole scene Emily is just like trying to crawl like under the floor and disappear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so Ashley comes in, looking fantastic, looking fantastic, uh, and she uh, she says something to Tom that. about how like, oh, I I, I thought you were gonna sleep in. Yeah, uh, which, you didn't have to attend, so you were gonna sleep in, thus missing the girls altogether. Well, that night I feel like that we're implying here that Ashley was looking forward to like some morning sex that she didn't get or something. Like he just got up no, too quickly. No, I don't know. I don't, no? I don't think so. I think. I think well, I think you got two things at play here. Number one is that she was thinking that he wasn't going to come in and make this massive spectacle, this mm-hmm. awkward spectacle of the fact that they obviously he spent the night and they obviously slept together. And I think you get to something else about which we'll find later in the episode is that it's the same exact time of the morning. She looks amazing. Mm-hmm. He can barely get his shirt buttoned. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like he looks like a wreck. And it's like, I think it's starting to sound He looks like he's still drunk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not, but he looks like, like he doesn't know where a comb is or how, how, how a shirt works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then things get even more awkward as well, they check the mail from yesterday. I guess we can assume then that like the morning sex did happen. She went to take a shower and he just got dressed and went downstairs. I don't even know. Like, because that would explain why she's more put together than he is. I mean, maybe she just got him to take a shower. I mean, I I get the impression that like Tom Mare is just like a wreck of a human being compared mm-hmm. to me. Or, like they take the glass of wine out of Ashley's hand and like nothing can stop her. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so they they're going through the mail and there's a, a wedding invitation for Hannah, and it's from uh, Hannah's dad's new fiance, <laughs> and it's yeah. awkward. Yeah. Well, it was a good, it's great because it's dressed to Hannah. It's got like a like return address from Baltimore, and uh, Ashley's like, "Well, who do you know in Baltimore?" And Hannah's like, 
nobody, just my dad. And Tom's just like, oh, I didn't send you anything. And Hannah already knows before she opens it yeah. that it's going to be the save the date. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's getting married in six weeks. I want to point out the uh, there's like a continuity error here because the, the date that shows on the, the card is impossible. Uh, we can't see the exact month, but it ends in B-E-R. Mm-hmm. So September at the earliest. It's It's either very, very late 2012, right? Or 2010 right now, or very mm-hmm. early 2011. And this thing is apparently for fall of 2011. It's either September, October, November, December. Th- that's not in six File weeks. It away with Hannah's broken leg. Yeah. yeah. How long it took that to heal? I did spend several minutes slow mowing to try to see exactly what date it said, nice. and then I was nice. like, "Why am I doing this? It's obviously continuity error." <laughs> um. So then we get a uh, Hannah and Emily are walking to school, talking about Hannah's dad and talking about Emily's swim meet. Uh, and they spot Caleb doing a deal with a scuzzy looking student on the, uh, on the school grounds there. I mean, it's the not even illegal, is it? Well, presumably what he's giving them is like new ringtones and apps. I mean, I guess technically there was a time when jailbreaking phones was, was like technically illegal, but I don't think like anyone in like the history of law has ever been prosecuted. It kind of seems like the patrons of Caleb's that want the most hardcore, potentially illegal shit done are the liars themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All the rundown, like trashy looking like students that Caleb works with seemingly just want new ringtones or something. I like that they've taken something that the like the nerd would typically be doing and made it like the bad boy thing to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Hannah spies that same guy in the car, like the gray Mustang or whatever, watching Caleb. She this guy is terrible at his job. Because yeah. Hannah walks close enough to the car to see this guy obviously has like a file, like a police file. It's like a police file is what it looks Kayla. like. Well, like yeah. giant, you know, pictures of like mugshot pictures of Kayla or whatever. And then he's taking notes. And so she manages to walk right past this guy and up to Kayla to try to talk him into not doing his business on the street here. Well, like, the other kid like runs away. Yeah. You know, like, like, oh shit, the heat's coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Caleb's like, why would you like, tell the cops, like, hey, I just, I paid this guy 20 bucks to put some new ringtones on my phone. Is that a crime? Is, what is Caleb's, like, street name? Like, App Store? I mean, yeah. like, he's not giving these kids anything, like, too hardcore. Um, yeah, so he gives her, like, shit right there in public that, like, you know, this is his job. This is what he does. He's not going to, like, trade it up to, like, go be a fry cook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, By the way, you should never, ever pay for ringtones. Just fools. Yeah. So eventually the car watching Caleb, you know, drives off as Caleb walks away. And the car seems completely undetermined the fact that like Hannah's given the guy the stare the whole time he passes <laughs> her. This guy is terrible. In fact, the fact that Caleb's not noticing. Him. Yeah. Oh, and Caleb's pissed now because she messed up his sale. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so, so anyway. I guess we should just say what what's going to happen later. I don't know, because there's no other way to talk about this, but uh Emily. Emily ends up in the hospital for an ulcer. Uh, so there's a scene where it's Hannah and Spencer walking through the hospital on their way to see her. And Hannah says, aren't ulcers something old people get? And Spencer has this great line where she says, get that look off your face. You're going to freak her out. Because yeah. <laughs> Hannah does not like hospitals. And she says she feels like throwing up. Yeah, she, she says that if she sees another thing like green jello, she's going to throw up on like Spencer's shoes. Because she Spencer's had to spend like, a week in the hospital. Yeah, Spencer backs away at first, and then she's just like, I'm going to walk behind you. Mm-hmm. Also, there's um, no way a hospital would let you stay there a week for like a broken leg. That just doesn't happen. No, no. You wouldn't even get to stay the night. If you have a pretty serious, like a, like a hardcore serious thing happen to you and you're in a hospital, they really don't want you there more than three days as it mm-hmm. is. Um, the whole job of the hospital now is to get you the hell out of the hospital as quickly as possible. Like, are you on, like, life support or something? No, get the fuck out. Even then, like, they're going to proceed to downgrade you as much as they can, like, out of ICU and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so, Hannah ignores a call from Caleb, and Spencer can sense almost immediately that there's some shit going on there. So, they get in the elevator, and Hannah's just like, well, I don't want to talk about it. And Spencer's like, you have to. We're in an or elevator. <laughs> she's like, you have to. You're in an elevator. Where are you going to go? Yeah, it's like, you're trapped in here with me. Uh, Spencer comes off as a little bit uh, determined, yes, but insane also. I just like to imagine Spencer giving that line from the Watchmen about Tal. You think I'm trapped in here with you. You're wrong. You're trapped in here with me. 
Rosewood's going to cry out for help, and Spencer's going to tell them no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Hannah's afraid to tell Caleb about the undercover cop. Uh, she calls him an undercover cop. Or fear mm-hmm. that he'll run. And she's not the, ready the to Caleb lose him will again. run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's not ready to lose him again. And Spencer says, very, like, lack of sensitive. Mm-hmm. If the cops are after him, you're going to lose him anyway. Yeah. Well, that's good advice. Perhaps it could have been delivered more friendly, but, but I love I love that yeah, like uh Hannah's pretty blunt in some of her advice. But Spencer can be too. <laughs> well Spencer Spencer's doppelganger's in the hospital right now. She's uh she's, she's got bigger source. fish to fry. Yeah. Uh so yeah, Tom Aaron comes back to the to the house and he runs into Ashley. Uh, Ashley he's been staring at the wedding invitation. Mm-hmm. And so they talk, and he's just like, hey, you want to come over to the hotel? We get some dinner, blah, blah. And she's like, actually, I think you need to go home. Yeah. And he, he tries to argue a little, and she's like, no. Like, let's be real here. Get the fuck out. Yeah, well, he's getting married in six weeks, and she doesn't want to keep doing this awkward shit. And then she drops the hardcore line on him. I need to be of a man who knows what he wants, and that was never you. And Tom is like, yeah. <laughs> no argument. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, you got me. Takes the key off the key ring, sets it on the table, walks out. Mm-hmm. What and I love then, about that is there's not even a pretense like of like, we're going to fight for this. And then there's an interesting shot where the camera kind of pulls back and, and like kind of tracks over and it's through the railing of the, uh, the stairway, like the stairway railing. There's a lot of that in this episode. Yeah, it's like Mrs. Marin there is framed by uh, the like vertical bars of the railing. It's an interesting shot. But I mean, there's a lot of like scenes will end and the camera will just kind of drift away as if we're going to reveal that somebody's been spying on them the whole time. But then it doesn't. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they're really setting up like a paranoid tone with the viewer, and or the cameraman was really bad this week. <laughs> Just let the camera drift after the scene is done. I don't. I, know. I feel like this episode is an example of them. They're starting to uh, have a little fun with the mise en scene, as as we'll get mm-hmm. to in, in just uh, this next scene here. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is this is the scene. Caleb's working a street corner, or it looks like he's working a street corner. He's actually waiting for Hannah, mm-hmm. and about a less than a block away, like maybe a hundred yards away. The undercover cop is like parked in the alleyway, and also I don't know how Caleb has not seen this guy after all mm-hmm. this time. But uh, the guy gets out of the car to, like, go do something. Hannah speeds up in her car. She, like, rolls out the window and yells, get in. Can we talk about what she's wearing? Yeah, she's got that classic, like, movie, like, Hitchcock heroine uh, incognito outfit. Yeah, the the big white scarf, like, over the head and around the neck and big old glasses on. I mean, she, she looks like she walks straight out of a Veronica Lake movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. So, um. Caleb gets in the car and he's like, well, I thought you wanted to catch a movie. And Hannah's like, close the door. And Caleb's like, or we could just be in one. And he says, why are you dressed like that? Hannah has no time. She just like speeds away. Yeah. She's away. The undercover cop walks back to his car in time to see that he's lost his prey. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't. He hasn't really lost them. Like he could seriously jump in that car and follow them just as easily, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He goes, whoever this guy is, he's terrible. Um, so Hannah takes them. Takes her and Caleb to a creepy cabin on the lake in the middle of nowhere. It's like Spencer's family's lake house. Well, they go in and Caleb's just like, what is this place? And Hannah says, it belongs to Spencer's family. And Caleb, this is Caleb's second in a row, like instant comeback of, mm-hmm. I'm guessing so does most of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. So Hannah tells him about his tale that he apparently didn't notice. She she declines to uh kind of give him shit for being such a bad boy and not noticing he had a tail. Yeah. Um, and she's they all worried. Yeah, they get a fire going. She's worried because like he's like, well, I'm not gonna hide. Like I'll take care of this. And she doesn't want him to leave. And he says like, oh, I won't. And they make out. And and then they do it on Spencer's couch. Yeah. Yeah. And the we know we do, we know they do it because the camera pans to the fire. Yeah, the camera pans the fire. I was going to say, like, later on, you're going to see Hannah. She's going to be coming home, and she's going to look in her, the same as she did in her dress before. She's going to look fabulous. Her, make her hair is perfectly in place. Makeup is perfect. But uh, the way they panned that fire, it's pretty clear they had some sex. Well, and I like how Caleb asked her. He's like, you didn't bring me a costume. Like, yeah. 
It's like Hannah just decides, like, I need to do something slightly shady. I'm going to dress like I'm in a Hitchcock movie. Well, it, the again, a mini, the start of mini as the show starts rubbing up its Hitchcock <laughs> references. But, like, I think it's very interesting, the difference between, like, Caleb and Hannah's dad. Hannah's dad is clearly, like, a, a plot. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like, a three or four episode. He's not a red herring, the Allison mystery. He's just, like, part of that, like, B-plot. Has family. He's leaving this show now. He's leaving like this. His his three or four episodes. But he's like an ongoing kind of. uh, But I mean, his his, indicator of like where Hannah's at. Yeah, yeah. He he's leaving. It's not like it's a terribly out of character. But you know what Mm -hmm. I mean. Like they're not they're not pretending to have him fight. It's just the writers have decided this guy's gotta go. We don't even have time to write dialogue, like real dialogue for him and Ashley to discuss this. He's just gotta go with no lines. I'd say it was pretty real. But then the difference between him and like Caleb is Caleb has like perfect banter. Like like Caleb could easily be the same kind of character, but it's like clear the show likes Caleb. Caleb works. Yeah, but I mean to, to defend the uh, the adults here, they are already divorced, so they they've already had most of these conversations, and it's it's really like I think this was like Ashley was like she kind of she got a little bit of her revenge. She got her last hurrah. And then she realized that, like, you know what? Like, this is stupid. You know, like, there's no reason for us to, like, continue on with this. Like, you know, we we gave it one last shot, and it's obvious that, like, we're not meant to be together. They never had that conversation. And they don't even they don't even acknowledge this is all like akin to like drunken sex. But so, but they don't need to because they're these people have been married for seemingly like fifteen, twenty years. They they yeah, I think I think we're assigning a lot to. The show, the character, those particular characters in the show. But so Hannah then comes home to find Ashley. This is the detail I loved about the, like the the way food is treated by these women, by the Gilmore girls here. Ashley is throwing out all of the food <laughs> in the fridge that was bought for Hannah's dad, including some beer. It looked like. Yeah, yeah. She informs just... Hannah that her dad's gone back home. What I love is like, like personally, when I break up with somebody, like, and they have, I don't remember, they have food in my fridge. So they're not even like talking about like the medicine cabinet. They have food in my fridge. Those I really like can't stand their vile food selections. I'm not rich enough to just throw it out. You know what I mean? I don't think it was uh, spiteful as much as just like uh, we're not gonna eat the shit. We're, uh, yeah, that and like I'm gonna make a clean break. You know, like we're just gonna sweep. But this it's, aside. it's like it's like Tom's bologna is gonna remind me of his presence, so we're gonna throw that away. No, oh, no, I'm no, saying no. Ashley, and I, I don't want to impugn Ashley's like a uh, wine cellar or anything, but you never know when you're gonna need that beer. I want to keep it around. Exactly. Her next, like, uh, guy that she brings home when Hannah gets in trouble. Like, yeah, she's going to need that, that beer. Um, but so her and Hannah start talking about this because the dad's obviously gone back to Baltimore, we found out. Mm-hmm. And so Hannah's kind of fighting for that relationship. Like, you know, why aren't you guys working on this? Like you said, people can grow up. And Ashley's like, yeah, I have grown up. Well, she says, I've moved on. Your dad she hasn't. says, you're the one who said people can change. And Ashley says, they do. I have. I'm not sure your father has. Yeah. Uh, what you write, and I, I think I talked about this like last week or the week before his episode, is there are the signs of the Ashley and Tom were possibly codependent alcoholics. <laughs> and that that was potentially what the breakup of their marriage is about, was the fact that one of them realized that this is not a way to function. Um, but yeah, so Ashley eventually has to tell Hannah here what she doesn't want to hear that her parents aren't getting back together. Because Ashley is, she's basically over Tom. It's like she had, like, she had a, that kind of second chance to kind of feel things out and see what it would be like. And it was like, you know what? Like, I don't actually want to be with this guy. Yeah. Now that I've gotten used to not being with him, like, I'm cool. You know, what she wanted was essentially what she got, which is for one moment for him to choose her mm-hmm. over somebody else. And then I think th- she does mention somewhat feeling a little bit bad because there's a, there's an Isabel out here, out there, who used to be her. And so yeah. now she, she's kind of on the other side of that. Yeah. And she's going to take the high road after fucking him. Yeah. That's, that's really the best place to take the high road from. Yeah. From a position of strength. Uh, yeah. So Hannah's pissed. After getting late. Yeah. Hannah then storms over to the undercover cop. She storms right up to this guy who's well, still she parked. She somehow finds this alleyway. guy again. Yeah. Because so, he's parked in the same alleyway. Mm-hmm. This guy's terrible. She runs over and just like tells him off. And like Caleb 
Like, uh, he's happy here, and why don't you get the F out? And even though, like, this is, like, a cop, so, like... Well, uh, I think it's probably a private detective. Oh, yeah, obviously it, it actually is. In her mind, it's a cop, but she's telling this cop, Caleb's doing well here, so leave him alone. You know? Which, if he was a cop, he would have laughed in her face. Exactly. <laughs> and, really, like, it, Maester or something. Yeah, like, you kind of almost feel bad bad for hannah she's so she's so earnest and mm-hmm. strong for the people she cares for but she's so naive <laughs> about how the world actually works so um, at, after she leaves there's another scene later where the guy like pulls out the phone and he's just like yeah I, I don't think he wants to be found he doesn't want to see you so presumably this guy's a pi and he's probably on the phone with either caleb's mother or father yeah yeah who's who are looking for him i, I think that's pretty obvious from that yeah, that's well. It's it's definitely what we're supposed to um, mm-hmm. feel. Well, and it yeah. it cuts right from that to a family. H- Hannah has found Caleb, and they're sitting on the just like on the curb of a sidewalk, staring at this like family across the street with like two young boys. Place. Yeah, two young boys being happy as a, as a family together, and uh, Hannah's like, "We're never gonna be that." Um. It, interesting because it's like Hannah, you, like you never were gonna be that. Like you're already like sixteen, seventeen years old. Like yeah. you're never getting that happy, like I'm eight years old, like vibe again with your family again, anyway. Well, <laughs> and we don't we don't know the exact year situation in which the marriage broke up, but theoretically she already had that. Oh yeah, because it, it seemingly it was like within a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So presumably she's already had the quote unquote childhood. Mm-hmm. For mom and her dad, yeah. And it's interesting that Caleb doesn't really say anything here because the camera kind of pans to him and like, no, he actually really never did have that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, he didn't even get to have the bad version of that. He had no parents. Yeah, the shitty foster parents. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's Hannah. And then there's Emily. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the point of that last scene, uh, regardless of what Caleb may be thinking to himself, was that they're... There's somewhat two peas in the pod, like family wise, you know, but they have each other, blah blah blah, OTP. And nothing else. They've got really good physical chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so we're winding back. Emily's doing those sit ups in Hannah's kitchen. She needs to work on her core. Hannah's the I like the way Hannah steps over her as she's doing the crunches. She does not take it seriously at all. Like that's really what the comment about the cocoa pops is. Well she says you were doing sit ups in your sleep last night. Yeah. Which really makes you kind of contemplate how Hannah lost all that weight. Because I get the impression that it wasn't from our exercise. Uh, I think we've seen her exercise a few times, haven't we? Have we? I mean, I, I, they don't, they never say it overtly on the show, but it's essentially like bulimia or anorexia, I think, has had a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely about, she changed her attitude and it was like the way she ate. I mean, I believe in the book, she actually is, like, literally bulimic. And it's not just, like, kind of implied. Like, in that one episode with the cupcakes, it's implied that Allison taught Hannah how to purge. But, like, after that moment, she decided, like, she didn't want to be that person. So she was just going to, like, start living healthier. Uh, So the implication, I think, is that Hannah didn't actually become a full-on bulimic. Um, Seemingly just, like, started eating very little and, and exercising. Hmm. Um, so Emily is worried about her swimmy and the fact that, excuse me, the scout from Danby is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, she's Doesn't got a, a pain in her side as she's had for the last episode or two. And so she's, she's hitting the pain cream again, just lathering herself up in pain cream because it works. She says, yeah. Um, so we get to school. Uh, Emma's at her locker. Her dad comes to surprise her at the swim meet. He was going to surprise her after the meet and be well, there's, there. There's one more detail before that scene when she, she's earlier talking to Hannah and she's talking about how like, well, the meet's at this time and I can practice before then and I'm going to try to get out of these other two classes to practice into. Like, she's like totally overboard on like her yeah. like swim team practicing here. All, yeah. all because totally. it's like she has to get the scholarship to not be a liar to her mother. Because well, she's, the, the implications that she's extremely stressed out from mm-hmm. lying to her parents and basically being between the crosshairs of A while she does so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, her dad shows up wants to watch the meet. He was like nearby for some training or something. Flight was delayed, blah, blah, blah. Like he came over to watch her. And 
And he says, oh, and I want to meet this scout. And so that makes Emily super nervous. And, and so then, Dad walks away, and as she's closing her locker, she suddenly, like, cries out in pain, grabbing her side. And she's, like, collapsing on the ground and, like, twitching and screaming. It takes a little while for, like, Officer Garrett Reynolds and some of the other adults who happen to be nearby to, like, run over to her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like there's some extras in the background just kind of watching for a while. Like, huh. What's going on there? Like, <laughs> look at this chick. She's having, like, super cramps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then when we come back from the commercial break, we're in the hospital for Emily and her dad in a hospital room. We discover that Emily's had an ulcer or has an ulcer. From the stress, which, just sidebar, you don't get ulcers from stress. You get it from bacterial infection. I think it's Preach called it. uh, HP pylori. Um, Preach it. It's like an old wise tale that you get ulcers from stress. And also, you Bring wouldn't... You're right there. <laughs> Tell us more about the ulcers. You wouldn't suddenly collapse in pain. Like, it would be something where, like, your stomach is feeling steadily worse for, like, weeks. Like, you wouldn't just suddenly just, like, fall over in pain. But, mm, whatever. I think I think we should point out that you do know this from experience. Yes. Um... So basically, the, the ulcer's been brought on by stress, her dad says, that she's being benched mm. from swimming for a while. Her dad is actually pretty cool about everything, but he wants to, like, help her out, ease things for her by calling the scout himself. Well, he's like, don't worry about, about your scholarship. I'm sure, sure it'll be fine. Let me talk to the scout. And he's like, no, no, I'll talk to him. Like, I don't want to say anything to him until I know when I can swim again. You know? Yeah. Um, so he leaves. Hannah and Spencer show up. Uh, Hannah, is <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Hannah can't stop talking about the hole in Emily's stomach because yeah, it's seemingly convenient. Spencer like just explained to Hannah what an ulcer is and and gave her the simple metaphor of saying it's like having a hole in your stomach, and so that's all uh, Emily or Hannah can think about now is like that hole in her stomach. Yeah, and she keeps bringing it up, and Spencer Spencer's very defensive of her uh, and protective of her doppelganger here, which I thought was sweet. Yeah. Uh, then Emily's decided that she's going to tell her family the truth. She mm-hmm. just can't take the stress anymore because, again, she thinks Well, then <laughs> Aria shows up with her two empty coffee cups that she's claiming to have coffee in them. One of them for Emily. <laughs> like, I love how it just, like, Emily just kind of, like, like frowns at the coffee and then, like, pants a Spencer. And Spencer's just like, you dumb bitch, she can't drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the other coffee cup was for Aria, right? Yeah. So the next scene, I just want to point out. And the out next scene, Spencer is drinking it. Yeah, Spencer's drinking the coffee. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course she is. She's not going to let that uh, coffee go to waste. We'll just say that uh, Ren has come to visit Spencer at the hospital because Ren showed up on this episode already. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is going to not be Emily's doctor because he's a neurologist, but he's going to check in on. Ren's her not a neurologist, is he? Well, she's looking later on. Spencer's seemingly looking for Ren's where he works, and she's trying oh, does to it say stuff. does it say neurology? Yeah, she's looking at the neurology okay. stuff. Because I, I I didn't write down what he said, but later he says exactly like why he's working there. Um, it's some kind of rotation. It's something that yeah yeah. That anyway, anyway, he's yeah, somehow sorry. like Emily's doctor, or actually, he's not her doctor. He's just like checking in and making the he nightly rounds. He's just another guy in Rosewood who's got a thing for young girls and yeah. he happens to be a doctor and she happens to be in the hospital. Yeah. He stops by at one point to, to, even though he's not her doctor. It's like he but he says he's making the nightly rounds. Maybe that's his thing. I don't know. He implies that like he's spoken to her, her attendant mm-hmm. and that he's gotten the okay to tell her the results, which talk about undermining your doctor. Like, your doctor has no credibility with this patient now. But yeah, he's come to tell Emily what her test results say, which basically says that she's been taking HGH. Well, he's like, the ulcer's fine, but also, you came up positive for HGH. Well, and he's, he's playing as this whole, like, I, I know, you know, it's academics and scholarships and blah, blah, blah. Like, you're trying to get whatever edge you can, but I need to tell you how dangerous this is. Yeah. And Emily does not do a great job of uh, claiming innocence to the HGH. She's just like, no, that can't be. Like, Emily could say, there's no fucking way that's true. I will, I swear on, like, my dead friend's body, I've not been taking HGH. Like, something, like, I don't, you know, like, like, she, that's how you would, you should react if you're accused of something like that. Well, she, what I, what I love too is that she offers to take the test again. 
Yeah. And it's like, it really won't matter. <laughs> I mean, like, Ren should have been like, sure, take the test again. We've already given it to you twice. We'll give it yeah. to you a third time. It'll come back again positive for HGH. But well, so, maybe it'll cycle out of her system. I'm not sure how long that stuff will last. But, but, uh, she's a minor, so he has to inform her parents at some point. So she's begging him not to tell her dad. And he's basically just like, uh, I'll see what I can do. It's like, I'll talk to the other doctor. It's like, what are you going to say to the other doctor? Like, yeah. Like, look, I'm kind of into that chick's friend, so if you could not tell that chick's dad about the HGH thing, that would, through the transitive properties of teenage girls, help me out. Do me a solid, even though I'm a young, skeezy British doctor who's literally just transferred to this hospital. <laughs> if you could break some regulations to help me get some and pee. And potentially some laws, bro. Mm -hmm. Fist bump it? Fist bump it. Um, yeah, in the middle of the night, Later on in Emily's uh, hospital room, she's woken up by uh, one of the attendants coming to take away the tray. And she mentions, you know, leave the tray. I haven't eaten yet. And she's been asleep for a while. It's now dark. Lights are out. She happens to flip over, like, the lid on her coffee cup or teacup or whatever mm -hmm. it is and finds a note from A. It says, hey, M, some cream on your coffee? A. And she opens up the uh, the main entree plate and it's... There's like some peas and mashed potatoes there, but then on top of it is the uh, thing of pain cream. Mm hmm. That's where the HGH came from. Ha ha ha. Good job, eh? So later on, as promised, Emily is telling Spencer and Hannah about all of this. And you gotta, you gotta be rats. pretty pleased with A here, right? I mean, that's a nice work by A. Getting into the but, room while Emily's sleeping? Well, that whole thing took time to set up. Like, oh, I'm just going to yeah. start poisoning you with HGH over the course of several weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well done. Yeah, well done. They're not They're not giving A nearly enough credit. But yeah, so Emily's later telling the ladies, the other liars about this while they're wearing cannon striper outfits. Um, she wants to bail. She's like, that's it. It's over. I guess I'm going to Texas. And then she says, like, A's like taking us out one by one. Arya's so probably next. Spencer says, A is trying to take us all down one at a time. And Emily's like, A is taking us all down one at a time. Arya's probably next. And now Arya's <laughs> freaking out. Oh, and Arya's like, what? Me? Impossible. <laughs> a never does anything to me because she's me. Yeah. Uh, Spencer gives like a little pep talk, but it doesn't matter because Emily's dad shows up. And Emily, racked with guilt and can't take the stress anymore is going to confess everything. But her dad, because it's a TV show, basically gives her an out. Listen, the health of scholarship, you know, just be you. It's not Swim worth the stress. You want to. Yeah. I'm sure you Swim can get another you scholarship. Like, you're going to go to college somewhere. Like, just, you know, chill the fuck out. Yeah. And, so and, she's um, she's weaseled out of her lie, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's giving her the out before she had to reveal anything. Um, You want to talk about Spencer? Or you want to talk about Garrett and Jenna? We can talk about that. I just want to point out that when the dad walks in, he's sees Ari and Spencer in their candy striper outfits. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I didn't know you guys were volunteering at the hospital. And Ari's like, yeah, yeah, we just started. This is our first day. First hour, actually. <laughs> and they, they proceed to take away the tray that has the uh, notes from A on it. Mm -hmm. so their, their dad won't see it. Um, even though we've seen him, we'll see him in this episode before this particular scene, there is a scene. It's like There's like an interlude here with Jonathan and Garrett. They're meeting in his car. Um, and so Garrett's telling Jenna that he, and he, you get where the power is, that Jenna has the power. Garrett, possibly because he's sighted, because he's like the horny older man, he reports to her essentially. Mm. But he's telling Jenna that he thinks the liars know. And he relays a situation to, to Jenna about his dealings with Spencer and stuff. And how she kind of like flipped overnight and suddenly she's not interested. Yeah. And Jenna instantly thinks Spencer is playing Garrett. But he's yeah. like, no, that can't be. Spencer or Jenna's thinking like, well, I'm playing you, so you know. Yeah. So Jenna, Jenna puts out the number one question for her mind, which is, do they know about Jason? Mm -hmm. And know. they don't know. And so Jenna's like, well, we need to take care of this. But, but Garrett points out that they're definitely questioning whether or not Ian killed Allison. Mm -hmm. but I love that they never say Allison, just whether or not Ian killed her. Yeah. And then yeah, Jenna's like, we need to take care of this. So let's talk about Spencer. But yeah, again, Garrett, you another guy who has an eye for the young, young ladies. I guess he's uh, probably a little bit younger. 
I don't know. I don't know if he's like this. I get the impression he's the same age as Melissa. I, to me, he seemed younger. I could be wrong. I feel like he's like 23 and Melissa's 28, but I could be wrong. Hmm. Well, anyway, so at the start of the episode, Spencer's reading an article online about Alice's body being found. And and pr- printing it out for some weird reason. Well, it's like Spencer's suddenly very much into the, the nitty-gritty gruesome details of Allison's corpse. Well, because she, she thinks that she might have found the murder weapon, which was then yeah. burned by uh, Nathan Drake. But I mean, just now, now Spencer's obsessing on the physical corpse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like to imagine she has a hidden room somewhere with just a bunch of like headlines and pictures like all over the walls. Yeah, just like gruesome news stories. Yeah. There's a knock on the door and it's fucking Ren with flowers. Okay, brief, brief interruption. According to the wiki, Garrett is 25. I don't know where they're getting that information from, but mm. whatever. But yeah, uh, Dr. Ren Kingston is at the door with flowers for Melissa. Even though Melissa's in Philly, Spencer informs him. And he's like, he kind of is like, yeah, I already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, uh, I, he says, I haven't seen your parents since they asked me to disappear. Because <laughs> well, yeah, he was going to go to the, to the funeral, mm-hmm. but the parents did tell him to get lost. I would have liked to have seen that scene. Nathan Drake's just like, hey, why don't you disappear? Or, or I will disappear you. And we know now that Nathan Drake makes those scenes because we've seen him have uh, mm-hmm. the same kind of rich guy, the come to Jesus rich guy moment with Toby. Exactly. Um, or he could invite Ren out to the cabin and just kill him. He does own half of Pennsylvania, apparently. So Apparently. Uh, so Ren is now doing a rotation at the local Roswell Hospital for six months. He... Whenever he was getting out of medical school or whatever, he'd applied for it. This was back when he was dating Melissa as his primary interest. Well, now it's come up and he's gotten it. Mm-hmm. Ironically. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. So Spencer starts hitting up Ren for autopsy questions. Um, she immediately just sees him as like a source of information and opportunity to like get some of her investigative work done. And he sees her as a source for young girl. Mm-hmm. He keeps suggesting that they get coffee. And so finally, Spencer's just like, look, Ren, I have a boyfriend now. And well, Ren's she, like, fine, how about tea? Well, even before that, she's like, so it seems clear that you did not come here to see Melissa. You know, like, these flowers are for me, aren't they? Um, so yeah, that scene. it's like, uh, I have a boyfriend. Like, I, you know, the first two times I saw this episode, I never really thought to myself, wow, Ren is being a complete fucking creep right now. It was only watching it this time and really paying attention that I was like, man, like he's not only is he being a total creep, but he's like a, a relentless about it. Like he's yeah. like not taking no for an answer. Super creep. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, is this the third time you watched this episode or the fourth time? I think or this more? is the third time. Okay. Um, so prior to that scene of Jenna, we see Officer Get Reynolds show up at the school and comes up to the Spencer when she's at her locker. He's, his cover story is that he's there because it's his turn to teach driver safety. Mm hmm. He's asking her about some of her suspicious questions from the night before. What I found interesting about this scene is, if you remember from last week's episode, uh, he was so busy with his cover story while talking to her in that scene at the end in his car to like not really hear the fact that Spencer was asking some pretty hardcore questions about the actual death, the physical cause of death. Yeah, accident. yeah. And it's like it's like now he's realized. Holy shit, she's she's potentially on to something that I need I need to deflate real quick. Well, I, I like this scene because Spencer's having to lie and, and pretend that she's not interested and all terribly. the all the excuses she's using, I wouldn't say terribly, because all the excuses she's using are essentially what other people have been saying about her. And you know it has to kill her to like even give them any validity at all. You know, about like I just, Oh, I just you know, I just was... I guess I was just a little obsessed. I just took it as like she has too much like nervous energy to get out of this conversation as quickly as possible. So that later on when he's mm-hmm. telling Jenna that like like, oh, it's not even on Spencer's radar anymore, I kinda took that as like, well, Garrett's an idiot. Yeah. Because like that like I would have had so many red flags. As a guilty person that Garrett is, he's obviously concerned and trying to cover something up, like so many red flags should have gone off in this. But he's just like, nah. She doesn't care. Whatever. Well, um, she's she's saying all the things that people have been saying about her anyway. Huh? Like, well, I guess I was just getting a little too obsessed, and 
Well, here's yeah, how like, you know. I was, here's how you know that that uh, Spencer's gaslighting you. Yeah. She tells you that she's going to drop something. Mm-hmm. Spencer doesn't drop shit. Okay, according Spencer to, does. Spencer doesn't go to the bathroom and drop shit. Okay. According to the wiki, Jason DeLaurentis and Melissa Hastings are both 24. So maybe the the initial class of 2000 thing was just a continuity error. Mm-hmm. It makes a little more sense that way. Just out of curiosity, check and see how old Ezra is. Well, I should do that. Yeah. Um, so later, you know, so Spencer and Hannah go to see Emily. Uh, at one point, as Spencer's leaving Emily, she, well, here's what I was talking about. She goes to like the, uh, the key on the wall that lists, you know, what floor all the various departments are in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she starts looking at the neurology stuff. And then Ren shows up and he's like, Oh, you want floor three, which is where your friend Emily is. So my impression was that she's not looking for the morgue at that point. She obviously knows where Emily is. My impression is that she was looking for for Ren is. Could be, could be. And that he's in neurology, which would make sense for what Ren does in the future. But um, he, uh, Mr. Fitz, by the way, is uh, 25, according to the wiki. I love yeah. that there is an extensive wiki for Trivial Liars. Nice, nice. Um, I also love that Spencer drank Emily's coffee. It just It's so in character. Yeah. And when we see her, when she runs on the run, she's finishing the coffee. Yeah, she's throwing it away seemingly like less than 20 minutes later. Yeah, she's killed that coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so her and Ren end up on a, on the elevator. Um, the floor stops at one point. They're not alone. Ren's one of those guys who talks in the elevator. Like, I just want to slap him. Yeah. He's like, oh, here we go. It's like, shut the fuck up. This is America. We don't talk to each other in the elevator here. Yeah, we stare ahead and pretend we don't know each other. Mm-hmm. We don't flirt with young high school girls in the elevator. Um, they stop at the floor that has both the morgue and I think radiology was one of the floors there too, which I thought was interesting. Be on the same. Yeah, the radiology, pathology, and the morgue. Um, other people who are on the elevator are getting off there, and so it's interesting, like because it's the morgue floor, like the hallway <laughs> is darker. The hallway is only lit by like green hue to the fluorescent lighting that flickers. And, and a morbid sense of regret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, Spencer, like, steps to the edge of the elevator. Like, she's flirting with the idea of going off into Hades there. And uh, Ren's just, like, kind of, like, like silly, goofy, douchey about, like, oh, no, this isn't the floor you want, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, again, Spencer's pretty suspicious about she clearly has a macabre interest in the mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. But Ren is using it to kind of, like, trap her into spending more moments with him. In the elevator. Yeah. And so it's later on when that elevator opens up and Arya walks out like the Joker <laughs> wandering around through the morgue when Spencer grabs her and like pulls her into like a side like broom closet or something and gets her to dress up like a candy striper. I guess she told Arya to like meet me on floor one or something like that, like texted her. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just like the idea that Spencer's been waiting there for like 45 minutes, just in the off chance that Arya will walk by or something. It seems logical that eventually Arya will wander into a morgue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Walking look, at like the way, the Joker. look at the way she dresses. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Spencer and Arya, they leave Emily's room after making uh, Emily and her dad head down to the morgue. Arya starts immediately freaking out because this is a room full of dead people. Oh, it should be pointed in that, in that brief scene with Emily where they're wearing the candy striper outfits. Spencer is like defiant, like because Emily's just like that's it, I'm I'm boned. Like Arya's probably next. Spencer's just like nope, like that's not gonna happen. I'm not taking this line down. Basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the only person boned in this yeah. group right now is Hannah by Caleb. Um, so we got yeah. Team Sparia here in the morgue. Yeah, I I really like this pairing. Like uh, just watching this again gave you just good good feelings, good vibes. It's all all is fun to see uh, Spencer and Arya together. Well, Spencer is literally all business, and Arya is freaking out about everything she possibly can. I find them a, adorable together. This is a room that's like freezing cold, and Spencer's like, every every concern that Arya <laughs> has, Spencer can diffuse it because Arya's like it's freezing cold in here, and Spencer's kind of like, well, trust me. Well, Spencer you says want it to be. be thankful for that. Yeah, um, Arya's like, well, there's there's dead bodies here and so spencer's like well just be lookout then i'll handle this you know and then sorry like looks over and there's like a tray of like oreos on the desk yeah it's like the pathologist has left some oreos out 
And Arya's like, how can anyone eat these cookies? And Spencer's like, oh, they stay fresh because it's so cold in here. <laughs> yeah, Spencer's like, she's digging through like the file cabinet to find like the autopsies. What this file cabinet told me is there's not a lot of dead people in Rosewood. It's a town with a population of what, like 7,000 or something? So Still, just through attrition alone, there should be more dead people. But, um, so they, going the files. They, find, they, they find Ali's file. Yeah. And they hesitate for a moment for opening it because mm-hmm. this could have some serious answers. Well, and I love that in the next scene, they're both reading the autopsy report, still in the morgue. Arya's trying to, like, sound out some, uh, some complicated medical word, which is, like, the name of, like, part of your, uh, mm-hmm. uh um, skull and I, I i thought it was really cute the way spencer points out what it is by touching Arya on her head where where the autopsy report indicates but she's it's, like it's, it's even, this part it's not even just that too like at one point like uh aria is just like reading like the thing along and she says like cranium mm-hmm. and like spencer's like that's your skull <laughs> um, i just love the way she touched Arya on the head to point yeah. it out well and, and Arya makes the the thing too like were you born pre-med <laughs> the Spencer is on point with her medical knowledge. But yeah, so they're reading the autopsy thing. Spencer's explaining it to her. Uh, report says that Allison was basically hit from behind. So the girls kind of hypothesized that did the person sneak up behind her or was she running away from her killer? Yeah, Allie was either ambushed or she was running away. That she was hit so hard that her skull was dented. And the weapon was a curved, blunt edge. Uh, perhaps like a field hockey stick. And then the most gruesome detail is that there was dirt in Allison's lungs. Which means she wasn't dead yet when she was buried. She's buried alive. She died mm-hmm. of asphyxiation. Yeah. So really, it's a pretty creepy scene <laughs> as they're reading about this in the morgue. I, I actually, I always like scenes where uh, people read about other people and how they died. I feel like it's, a, it's just, well, it, it's it works is well. That, it's actually, I mean, it's creepy, but it's also very comic. And yet, it's like, this is a pretty brutal way to die. The dirt in the lungs, that's the detail, yeah. You're drowning in dirt as you're buried alive. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not like buried alive like in a coffin where you're just a 68 in the air. Like, her lungs filled up with dirt, yeah. Um, so, they go back to Emily's hospital room. Uh, and Spencer and the girls are, like, going through the summary page, minus Hannah, because she's off with Caleb looking at the cupcake place. Um, talking about Allison's autopsy report, and Arya gets a text from Ezra, which we see her go to go to well, handle. Spencer's conclusion from this is that the murder weapon must have been that hockey stick, mm-hmm. and if so, the hockey that- stick that was Spencer's family's that was borrowed by Allison that they believe ended up in the hands of Jason. Yeah, so Spencer's basically like this proves Jason did it. She she makes a lot of leaps to get there, but that's Spencer. Jason's looking worse and worse. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Ezra and Arya are meeting in the hospital lobby. Um, yeah, this is where we cut through the stuff of like uh, the undercover cop and Caleb and Hannah. Well, eventually Spencer and Emily notice that page five of the report is missing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it didn't fall out somewhere on the way here. Like, it was all together. Like It was not there when we got it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we get our A tag. The A tag is just uh, some guy who... I think he's just the janitor because he's, he's like emptying the trash, but he's, he's, is, he's helping himself to the Oreos, which is creepy to me. Not because he's helping himself to the Oreos, but that he's wearing special gloves mm-hmm. to remove the medical waste trash. And then he's grabbing an Oreo with it. And he's yeah. eating the Oreos, with the same gloves. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, so that guy just like he empties the trash in the morgue and leaves. And then predictably one of those bodies that's been lying there the whole time is like moves. Get you know, like leans up. His bodies which are covered by sheets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A was there the whole time, just being very still. And I think the impression you're supposed to get is that A had gotten there before them, seen the autopsy report, ripped out page five, put back the autopsy. Probably, report. if if A was watching Emily's reaction in the hospital room, she knew that like, oh, these girls are about to go into the morgue. I'll get down there first. Yeah. So. Page five apparently is important. Mm-hmm. And that was it for Save the Date. That was a fun episode. Yeah, it definitely was. It was definitely interesting. Uh, I mean, you had, for everyone. you had some Hitchcock outfits for Hannah. You had the candy stripers for Team Sparia there. <laughs> Emily and her fucking pain cream. 
Well, and that's proving that Spencer has charisma of everybody. Yeah, she has chemistry with everyone. She just she's wonderful. So let's see what is next episode here. I had it marked and then it went away. Picture this. Called picture this. Picture this. Oh yeah, I remember this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking Arya. Nice. Yeah, that's all we can say about that. So, uh, yeah, that was it for S2E8. We'll be back next time to talk about S2E9. Picture this. Until then, have a good one. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.